I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. like to start this episode with a big disclaimer Mm -hmm. i have a lot of personal beef with cavers right yeah we're coming in with a bit of a bias a hard bias (laughs) and i have i have unintentionally um formed a sort of i guess you would call it a argument Mm. against them yeah kind of formed a case yeah Throughout all of these things. For sure. And you should. (laughs) So I just want to warn you guys that if you guys are like avid spelunkers, you'd love caving, this might not be the series for you. I would actually argue it is the series (laughs) for them. Maybe it is, actually. Because I think it should be our life's mission to convince everyone who is interested in spelunking and like cave diving and all that stuff to Pick a new thing. Do anything else. I get wanting to do things that are dangerous. Yeah. I don't know. Jump go, off a cliff. Yeah. Go cliff jumping. Go skydiving. Go bungee jumping. Get your helicopter pilot license. Do bouldering at like way too, you know, tall. Lots of, of things where you can have very normal, quick deaths. Yep. Um, you don't, people aren't supposed to be in caves. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the pod. Um, I'm Spencer and I'm hanging out with Alaska, of course, for the podcast Rejects, starting a new series. Yep. Uh, It was going to be something else, but that is going to take a little bit longer. Yes. So we are starting our spelunking series early. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't know how long this will be. Probably two episodes. Yeah. Maybe three. And then an extra episode. Uh, that'll be lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Secret. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I wanted to start with a personal tale of my hatred of caving. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I am very claustrophobic, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know I was claustrophobic. I never really thought about it. I didn't consider myself claustrophobic. It just was never on my mind. Yeah. Um, but when I was in college, I went on this very weird camping trip Mm -hmm. with like an adventure group at my college. It was like 10 of us, uh, to Enchanted Rock, which is like a, a big mound in Frederick, Fredericksburg, Texas. Okay. (laughs) It's not a mountain. Um, but a hill, I guess. It's like a really windy hill. Mm, Okay. Okay. Uh, but it's a rock. Okay. <laughs> um, it, fine. Yeah. It was fine. It was a deeply weird trip, mm-hmm. but okay. Um, and I was told that during the trip, we would be going into some caverns. Yeah. And I was like, sweet. Caverns are fine. I was like, very cool. I yeah. thought it was like, maybe it was like a guided tour. Mm-hmm. There's probably like railings to hang on to. Yeah. See some really cool like structures. Yeah, you know, like reinforced flooring, you know, <laughs> things like that of Just that like nature. Just like safety yeah. equipment, I don't know. Um, and then we came upon a hole in the ground. Of course. And just went into that hole. <laughs> and I, we were in there, 
And I was, like, right behind the main guy who was, like, leading it, who Mm -hmm. was very odd and Mm -hmm. super obsessed with, like, cactus fun facts. And then thunder started. And someone was like, what will happen if it rains? And he was like, oh, we'll all drown. Um, So isn't that our cue to not step into the hole in the ground? It was so Hmm. cramped. I did not like it. I was, like, panicking the whole time. Everybody else was, like, completely fine. And I was like, this is not, I don't like this. Yeah. I am not a rat. <laughs> I don't like to spend time in holes I in am the not ground. a river snake. <laughs> I'm like, there is no reason for me to be in a hole. I'm not a golf ball. Like, it very weird. <laughs> um, oh so that God. was the beginning of my... <laughs> Just hatred of caves uh, right. generally. And then one of these stories, uh, I think it's going to be the last one we talk about um, in our final episode, was told to me by a friend. And while she was telling it to me, I almost threw up because it freaked me out so much. Yeah. Again, deeply claustrophobic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't like caves. So that was the inspiration for this series. I have a lot of fun, horrible stories for you. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's go. Um, so I'm going to start with some basic history mm-hmm. and just like information. So uh, spelunking or caving, they are the same thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be using them interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Um, or potholing in the UK and Ireland, which I will not be calling it that. That's <laughs> the British. I'm ready to fight them. At Irish given too, moment. unfortunately. We're, uh, <laughs> yeah. You guys need to not be doing that. Yeah. Um, so this <laughs> I'll is. I'll phone Ireland. <laughs> Get them on the phone. Um, this is recreationally exploring wild cave systems. Mm-hmm. So not caverns. Um, that is not caving. No. That is just walking underground. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's categorized as an extreme sport, but longtime cavers dislike this term for its connotation of disregard for safety. You guys are the most, oh. Yeah, this starts my, like, there are going to be a lot of moments in this with quotes and statements from longtime cavers, professional spelunkers (laughs) that have this sort of uh, weird demeaning quality of we're all about safety. Nothing bad will happen as long as you're safe. So, obviously, all of those deaths are their own fault. Uh, Very ugly. Not a cool look. Yeah. Um, And more than that, lots of extreme sports, none of them are called that because of a disregard for safety. You be as safe as you can while you're having crazy fun. Yeah. No problem with that. Yeah. Um, I would call this an extreme sport. Uh, It's very difficult. Yeah. So, there are a lot of challenges involved in spelunking. Obviously, you're in complete darkness most of the time. You have to navigate through a bunch of, like, super small little channels. Right. Um, Sometimes you go through larger ones, but it seems like that is the draw, is to squeeze your body through a little tube like a Um, (laughs) go-gurt. Some spelunking involves underwater caves, um, which is called cave diving. Right. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, I do have stories of both kinds, so water and no water stories. Okay. Really <laughs> versatile. Yes. Uh, as you can probably tell, almost all the water, water stories are drowning. Yeah. You, you drown. Yeah. That's what happens. Though some of the uh, <laughs> non-water ones um, also have drownings. Yes, that's true. You got to watch out for water. Um, <laughs> it's 
It's tricky. Um, obviously, there's a big draw for people who want to explore what hasn't been explored. That's in quotes. Um, and they like to see, again, in quotes, virgin cave systems. A lot of use of the word penetrate in these articles. Um, I Why? don't... <laughs> I don't know what it is about, like, there's just so many, like, phallic in like especially like things that are like dominated by men yeah it's a very weird like just like unnecessarily erotic way to phrase things and that will just continue for the entire thing of course um so obviously the virgin case systems are like the number one they want to see something that nobody else has seen Mm -hmm. that's the big draw um i'm just gonna give you a spoiler alert now um it's it's a cave. There are rocks in there. You're going to see a cave wall. Yeah. It's going to be a wall made of rock. Yep. That's what's in there. There's going to be some spiky ones and maybe a, a few that broke off and are just sitting on the floor. Yep. And some of them are slippery. Yeah. Some of them have clay coming out of them. Some of them you go a certain level and there's water. Yeah. That's it. So, not a whole lot in not the Virgin spoil, Cave. Not to spoil, you know, <laughs> what's going on in these, these secret caves, um, but uh, yes. they're the same. <laughs> it, it pulls a lot of people that have this, like, weird desire to explore the unexplored in a way that's like, oh, the world has already been fully explored. Um, mm. Which is, like, a very weird idea, because I'm yeah. like, even if a place has been seen even once, yeah. that doesn't mean it is unexplored. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of... The earth is just, like, uninhabited. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. there's lots of stuff you can discover that is not just a cave. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, it's a very... Uh, I don't really understand the draw for it. I've read a lot of accounts, and I don't understand. Yeah. I'm like, at least other extreme sports that I don't want to partake in, I understand why you would. Oh, for sure. I'm like, yeah. I'm probably not going to go jump out of a plane personally but I, I completely get the draw of it 100 percent. yeah for sure no qualms with that yeah i'm like i get it yeah bungee jumping seems kind of cool yeah flying I don't know if is I'll like do it. you know yeah everybody wants to be able to fly yeah i get it yeah but being buried alive mm-hmm. not something i fantasize about not on my bucket list mm-hmm. <laughs> so modern day spelunking at least as we know it started in england because of course it did of course it did <laughs> in the mid 1800s so it's not even that old oh. um because I think people from before then knew not to go into caves mm. um, because that's where you bury your poop and put your dead bodies. Um, so <laughs> hence the catacombs. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they is what you put a cave. Um, so John Burbeck was a banker who explored potholes in England. Um, I had to look this up because I was like, I thought potholes were like ditches in the road that yep. like fuck up your car. Yep. But in England, it refers to something called pit caves. Okay. Which is basically just a cave that has, like, one or more significant vertical shaft, rather than being predominantly a conventional horizontal cave passage. Okay. So, John Burbeck uh, explored a lot of these caves early on in the mid-1800s. Okay. Uh, Most famously, Gaping Gill in 1842. Okay. And Alum Pot. Hmm. A loom pot? Not sure. Mm, I feel like they would say a loom pot because yeah. they say aluminium. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, whatever. <laughs> whatever that name is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, after John Burbeck, the next major one that I read about was Herbert Balsh, who mm. was an archaeologist and geologist. So, at least he had a reason to be in the ground. Um, slim. Slim reasoning. <laughs> it's still a small one. Yeah. I, maybe you should be digging, but okay. Um, and he began exploring the Wookiee Hole Caves in the mid-1880s. Those are better names. Yeah, at least that one's kind of funny. Yeah. Instead of just weird. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of gaping gill. Like, like oh. All these shafts, virgins. I'm like, you need to chill out. God. Um, <laughs> so these guys were basically just doing it in their free time, I think. They weren't really serious cavers. You wouldn't oh, consider yeah. them. Uh, but the first guy to take it up as a specialized pursuit was Edward Alfred Martel. Yeah. You know, that's the best I can do. I think he was uh, French. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was considered the father of modern speleology, Hmm. which is the scientific study of caves. Oh, okay. Um, So I guess spelunking came from speleology. I guess so. Where did the spele come from? I don't know. I didn't really read about the um, etymology of the word. Yeah. Because I was like... I didn't even think about it until this moment. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> um, so he explored thousands of caves in France and was the first to achieve the descent and exploration of... Gouffre de Padirac. That? I don't know. Whatever that is. Um, and he also explored the aforementioned gaping gill. So oh, okay. We got another one in wow. the gaper. Um, <laughs> Team gape. so sorry. <laughs> um, he also came to you at... To the... To U.S. To us? He's <laughs> us. Um, he also traveled to the U.S. for his caving pursuits. He went to Kentucky, uh, of all okay. places, and visited the Mammoth Cave National Park in 1912. Hmm. Um, also, a fun fact, the Mammoth Cave National Park is the longest cave system in the world. Whoa. Okay. So, that's pretty fun. Wow. Um, so, caving started in the U.S. in the early 1900s. Um and in 1941, American cavers organized themselves into the National Speology Society, mm. the NSS, which is still a major organization. Um, it ad- sounds more serious than it actually is. The I'm NSS. Like, the NSS. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> it is reminds like me of like all the uh, names for like UFO organizations, and they all are like yeah. so insane. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so they formed this to advance the exploration, conservation, study, and understanding of caves. Okay. Um, one of the guys in this group was Bill Cuttington. Um, but I just included this because everyone called him Vertical Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Gaping Gill and Vertical Bill take on the town. These names, I just, (laughs) like, this is... I can't. <laughs> Welcome to Gaping Gill with your host, Vertical Bill. Yeah, yeah. And um, equipment, when I was, like, researching this, a lot of this is pretty common sense. You know, they wear hard hats. They have multiple sources of light because getting stuck in the dark is, like, a would be really fucking bad. Yes. First aid kits, you know, whatnot. But apparently they also carry containers for securely transporting urine. Um, and on longer trips, containers to transport feces out of the cave. Uh... What? Which is not something I considered, but I guess in such a tight space, yeah. you probably wouldn't want to leave that behind. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. For your other caver stuff to 
climb over. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, disgusting. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go into some safety issues generally, and then okay. we'll start getting into some more specifics. So obviously spelunking can be extremely dangerous, uh, despite what cavers will tell you. Mm-hmm. So obviously spelunking is extremely dangerous, despite what uh, cavers will try and tell you. Um, just don't listen to them. Okay. If someone is trying to get you to go into a cave, there is something wrong with them. Yes. They're insane. That's like Pennywise or some shit. Like do not go in that cave. (laughs) Um, common dangers include hypothermia, falling, flooding, falling rocks, and physical exhaustion. Rescuing people from underground is extremely difficult. Um, obviously because it takes a long time to get down there and very, it's very difficult to maneuver anyone especially dead weight out of a cave yep um you can also be at risk from contracting various infections from birds bats and rats in the system makes sense so that's disgusting i mean you're disturbing the rats and the bats in their home yeah it's they live there yeah you're invading you are not invited onto their property exactly Um, I did read this article where a guy was talking about safety and he said, I believe that I can minimize other risks by following a friend's advice, break one law at a time, which I don't think that is the correct phrase. No, I don't (laughs) think that's right. I think what he meant was like, don't break the law while you're breaking the law, which is like, if you're selling drugs, pay your taxes. Right. Um, but to equate that to, uh, your dumb little caving tricks yeah is very weird and also you said it wrong yeah <laughs> break one law at a time sounds like a to-do list yeah i was like technically when <laughs> someone murders someone they break one law at a time they're like, like i'm gonna know. murder them first and then i'm going to rob them and then i'm gonna cover it up yes. and then i'm going to lie to the police and then i'm gonna <laughs> one law at a time <laughs> um so i was like i don't they should have let him redo that yeah <laughs> or just like um, quoting him directly, but you know, as you will see, I sort of ruthlessly take any excuse to roast these people. Yeah, I will not do that to anyone that died, um, because that is horrific and yeah. very tragic. Very tragic. Um, but the ones who lived, um, that's on them. Yeah, sorry, bud, you have to get clowned on. So statistically, high risk cavers run at a one in three thousand three hundred thirty two chance of dying. Wow. Uh, so. What roughly one in 624 cavers gets seriously injured. That's not how I should have phrased that. Let me say that again. So statistically, uh, one in every 624 cavers gets seriously injured while caving. Okay. Um, And one in every 3,332 instances of caving, uh, they run the chance of dying. Oh, okay. Um, So... I feel like that's a pretty high risk. It honestly. is. Yeah. And a really high jump to injury. Like, whew, that's yeah. a lot. Um, the leading cause of death among cavers is usually falls or drowning. Mm. Um, both account for nearly half of all caving deaths. In yeah. the U.S., falls are the number one cause of death at 42%. And drowning um, comes as a close second. Okay. So falls as in, like, they get to just, like, a wider chamber or something? Yeah. And so as like- I was talking about, like the potholes or vertical shafts. Right. A lot of times that's where people get injured or die Mm. is they're moving down these like long vertical, um, openings in the cave. Right. Uh, and they have to attach themselves to the side and it, you know, it's easy to fall or slip 
or right. your stuff can come unhinged. So right. that that is most of the death. And usually it results in an injury, but it's very difficult to get someone out. So that can, you know, lead to their death. Right. There are other dangers, of course, including running out of light. So if your flashlights go out, you will die. Like you're in the pitch dark. Yeah. You're going to die. Yeah. Uh, you can get lost or stuck. Getting lost is especially common in um, cave diving incidents. Right. Uh, there are cave-ins. Obviously. Of course. Claustrophobia can result in like hyperventilation and that's especially dangerous if you are underwater. Right. Uh, dehydration and bad air, which is a phrase I hadn't really heard before, but they mm. basically mean anywhere that is a low oxygen level. So like um, excessive carbon dioxide okay. or a story about cavers who then lit a fire in the cave they were in. And then suffocated. Of course, yeah. Because I was like... Why did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Um, so <laughs> that is our general background. Yeah. Um, obviously. But uh, we are here to talk about specifics. Yes. And I'm going to kind of go from least specific to most specific. So I'm going to start off with two different locations that have a lot of like general deaths. Okay. So I want to start with a general location in one of the most famous cave systems in the world from my home state of Texas, Jacob's Well. Okay. So Jacob's Well is a spring in the Texas Hill Country. It was discovered in 1850. Um, It's a very popular place for people to go swimming because Mm. it features this like swimming hole, which is like a 12 foot in diameter mouth of the spring. Okay. And because it's spring water, it's always at like 65 degrees, mm-hmm. even in the middle of summer. Yeah. And obviously it's extremely fresh water. Pretty fun to go and swim in. Right. So I do have a map of this on our Instagram, a sketch drawn by Danny Self. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> really appreciate it because I didn't understand this writing and all the other maps are incomprehensible right um so from the mouth of the spring it descends the cave descends vertically for about 30 feet i think this is the first chamber Mm -hmm. and then it continues downward an angle through a series of silted chambers separated by narrow restrictions finally reaching an average depth of about 120 feet below the surface wow um So a lot of this cave system has been explored and mapped by cave divers. There's actually an entire group called the Jacob's Well Exploration Project that (laughs) is dedicated to exploring and mapping these caves. Um, It has two main channels, one of which measures approximately 4,500 feet with a maximum depth of 137 feet. And a secondary one that extends about 1,000 feet from the point where it diverges from the main channel. So huge. Yeah. It's a lot of space to get lost in. For Um, sure. There's also a strong flow of water out of the spring, which divers have to struggle against to get down into the depths. So a lot of times they wear, like, weight belts Mm -hmm. to help them get down, which sounds very scary to me. Yeah, that's not fun. And I wanted to read this paragraph out because I just felt like it just needed to be read exactly what it is. And this is them quoting a guy who wrote a book on Jacob's Well. Um, so it says, eight or nine divers have lost their lives in Jacob's Well. It is difficult to get an exact number because it could be more, as for most of the time it did not have a gate on it. Right. Um, for that reason, Jacob's Well is known as one of the world's most dangerous diving spots. Tatum, who is the guy that wrote the book, uh, however, bristles at that description. He says that, well, it's only dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. 
Um, which starts my <laughs> even more hatred of this kind of thing of like, these people died. Yeah. And they're like, it's pretty dangerous. These cavers like drowned there. Yeah. And he's like, well, they were stupid. Yikes. Um, and listen, no one should be in caves. So I guess if you, I would consider don't know what you're doing is ending up in caves. Yeah. Like going in there. Yeah. Um, that's where I draw the line of you don't know what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it is very common for, in most of these stories, for experienced divers and spelunkers to come in for like rescues or to um, retrieve people's corpses, like their bodies and to publicly say this shouldn't have ever happened. This wouldn't have happened if they had been prepared. Like you just have to prepare. Uh, this wouldn't have happened to professional. And it is a common thing that they think about all of these caving systems. That's so insane. Um, it, to me, it is extremely like insulting. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the reasons that I stopped. Like at first I was trying to be nice when I was writing some of these, but I was like, honestly, a lot of these you know, big cavers, they can go fuck themselves because yeah. this is not an appropriate thing to say when somebody dies. Yeah. Um, especially considering a lot of the people that do die in these stories are experienced cave divers. Yeah. Or spelunkers. Right. I don't think I'm going to cover almost anyone. I think there's one or two stories that involve amateurs, but yeah. even then they're amateurs in the fact that they just didn't have their equipment, but they knew how to cave. Yeah. So... I just find that, like, so disgusting and yeah. despicable. And that is a common theme in this shit. Jesus Christ. Um, and even more, like, indicative of that is that in the 70s, the authorities tried to seal off the cave. So they basically welded a steel crate um, at about 70 feet in to mm -hmm. this cave. Um, but within months, it was removed by rogue divers who left a note saying, you can't keep us out. These are what? the people that are, like... Just don't be stupid. If they weren't dumb and didn't, if they knew what they were doing, it wouldn't be so dangerous. Oh and then God. they're like, don't go in there. Why don't you go find some fucking virgin caves, you nerds? I'm like, like why don't you go, like, get a hobby? Honestly, yeah. that doesn't involve, like, actively putting yourself in danger where other people have to go and rescue you or, yeah. like, pull your, like, corpse out for your family. Mm -hmm. And even more horrifying, and we'll get into this in more detail probably in episode two, some of these caves have become you know, like permanent tombs mm -hmm. for bodies that could not be removed. Yeah. Um, and cavers are still online requesting for the cave to be reopened because it's not going to happen to them. Their, their bodies are there. Yeah. And also like it did happen to one of you. I'm going to go on a tangent for a second. Okay. Um, but I feel like I need to elaborate on this feeling. Mm -hmm. This is a very similar thing that happened um, in Alaska, after Into the Wild came out, mm -hmm. um, the book and the movie, this happened both times, which Into the Wild, if you haven't, like, read or watched it, is about this, like, idiot kid who wants to leave society, so he lights his social security card on fire in a really goofy scene, and then he goes out to the wilds of Alaska, gets trapped out there because he doesn't know how to survive in the wilderness, and then starves to death. Yep. Um, it's pretty tragic, mm -hmm. um, but he starved to death in this, like, abandoned van miles into the Alaskan wilderness. Right. And after the book and the movie came out, the, um, search and rescue people in Alaska had to issue statements telling people to stop trying to go to the van because it is very far out. Mm -hmm. And if you do not know what you're doing, you will die. Mm -hmm. 
they were like, this is not a freak accident. Yeah. <laughs> this guy did not know what he was doing. Yeah. And he died. Yes. He paid for it with his life. Mm-hmm. And the other one was um, 127 hours. Right. Uh, especially when the movie came out. So this was in Utah, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, way out there, he fell in between two crevices and basically lost an arm mm-hmm. after being trapped under a rock for 127 hours before mm-hmm. breaking his arm and then cutting it off with a dull knife. Yep. Pretty fucking rough. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people went out there and got hurt following that movie's release and the book's release. It's like, you dum-dums. The whole, the whole point was that you shouldn't do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nature is not meant to be fucked with. Yeah. I can't even imagine, point. like, someone, like, a story of some people getting, like, stuck out at sea, and then people just, like, rowing a little rowboat out there, being like, let me get stuck out here, too. Yeah. Like, why would you, why? It's, I, I want to reiterate that none of these, including any of these caving deaths, are freak accidents. Yeah. They are doing something extremely dangerous that they should not be doing. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. They should not be crawling into these caves. Mm-hmm. Their deaths are not happenstance. Yeah. Oh, it's not. It just happened to happen. They went into a dangerous situation and they paid for it with their lives. Yeah. It is not like Stop they were just like dumb people who didn't know what they were doing. For sure. You do something dangerous, you are going to die eventually. Yeah. Like, it, mm-hmm. like I said, this is not the episode for Spelunkers. <laughs> <laughs> just me complaining about Spelunkers. I haven't even told you any stories yet. (laughs) So Jacob's Well um, also features a section of the cave called the Birth Canal. Okay. um, Which is not the only cave in this series that has a section with the name Birth Canal. Okay. So they're not exactly known for their creativity in this community. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And they want to, I guess, be birthed again. I guess. I mean, it seems like with a lot of the terms that they're using. They're like cave equal vagina. Yeah. They're trying to get back into the womb or something like mother earth. I don't know. I feel like it's, there's a weird complex there. I'm not even going to touch that now. (laughs) Just know Freud is somewhere (laughs) just shaking his Freud is like watching over this, just right ready to jump right in with his dumb, stupid psychology. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I've got so much to say about this. (laughs) You know, that sound that's like, he can't keep getting away with it. Can't keep getting away with it. Uh, So the birth canal in Jacob's Well is a part of the cave that is like two foot square. It's a two foot square that you squeeze your body through. Oh, my God. Um, It is 75 feet from the surface. uh, And it can get so small inside of it that it becomes only 18 or 15 inches in height. Oh, my God. Wait, so 15... And then the other part is two feet? We don't know. We don't know. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. That was like from shoulder to shoulder. That's like, anyways. It's it's very small. Um, (laughs) In this area, they often have to like scoot in. Keep in mind they're underwater um, Mm -hmm. and move gravel and rocks out of the way and then move forward a few inches and then do it again. Um, And so I'm going to read another quote from this from one of the people who went through here. Um, he says that divers occasionally find that gravel that they pushed aside to gain entrance to the cave has been replaced with more material material from higher up the slope, making the opening appear to close shut behind them. Uh, and he says, even for an experienced caver, this event can give one pause. 
which is not how I would respond to that. Yeah. <laughs> I would not be like, hmm. Hmm. I would be like, we're going to die. <laughs> uh, time to get out. Yeah. Time to get out. Get me out of we here. We got to deal with this first. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so like I said, there's been at least eight or nine deaths. Um, although recently there was an article by the Houston Chronicle where they said it was at least 12 people have died. Um, it, a lot of bodies don't get let go. And that's mm. pretty common in like cave diving situations. They just get stuck down there. Um, so we know that one man was free diving in this cave when he lost his flipper and ended up having to cut away his weight belt to make it back to the surface before his breath ran out. There's actually a video of this online. You can watch. He was like recording it. Oh. Um, so he almost died, just drowned while free diving, which is crazy to me. Um, two young Texans drowned in 1979 while caught in one of the caves in the well. One diver's remains were flushed out of the well in 1981. They did send rescuers down there, but they did not find them. Yeah. Um, the other one's remains were not recovered until 2000. Oh, my God. So he was down there for 21 years. It's, like, an especially treacherous cave because as you're going into these, like, open caves, there are small openings to the side that are so narrow that divers have to remove their tanks in order to fit through them. Um, and there is even a false chimney in one section, which you can actually see on the map, which appears to be a way out. And it looks like a way out when you're down there, but it actually isn't. It's like a false exit. And at least one person has drowned in this specific area. Of course. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find a lot more information about these deaths, which I was really surprised about because I knew that this was a dangerous place and that they had tried to permanently close it many times. It now has a gate on it that you have to get a key for so you have to like prove that you were um like licensed okay as a caver which is pretty common now especially in like a lot of u.s caves right uh for cave diving um but that's about it a lot of people go there just to swim thankfully at this point yeah (laughs) which i'm like it's a beautiful area Mm. we'll post a photo of it included with our map but um it underwater it's just black yeah (laughs) because it's a underwater cave yeah there are um Blind salamanders that live down there, though. Oh, cute. Because they don't need eyes. Right. Because it's too dark to see. Yeah. They just live down there in their blind little lives. Aww. That's what the caves are for. Yeah, that's their home. Stop disturbing it. Honestly, leave the salamanders alone. So the next general location, this is the last like, general location we'll talk about, is uh, Yorkshire Dales, mm. which I think is just like a plot of land. Um, in Yorkshire, England, but it has a huge underground cavern system. Uh, They do say caverns, but in those caverns, there are like caves that shoot off from the main system. Got it. A total of 73 cavers have died during expeditions here since its discovery in the late 1800s, which is a ton. Um, So I want to talk about a couple of these. The first one is Mabel Binks. So she was the first person to die in the caving accident in the Dales. Uh, in 1936, she was descending Alum Pot that I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. uh, when she was hit by a falling rock. Oof. However, after it was investigated by the police, it was discovered that the rock was thrown deliberately and it was actually a murder. Oh my God. <laughs> no, isn't that crazy? I was like, what? <laughs> oh my God. Holy shit. <laughs> 
murdered in the cave. Um, Did they ever find out who murdered her? I couldn't find any more information about it, which... I guess it was, was the 1930s, yeah. so, like, what are they going to do? I Just think it was whoever was caving with her. Right. Uh, was the person who did it, yeah. um, but I couldn't find that much more information about it, but I found that extremely interesting. Yeah. Um, the next big one, actually, this was the worst tragedy that happened there, was the Mossdale Cavern Tragedy. Mm. So this happened in 1967. Um, six men who were all considered elite potholders. Okay. <laughs> potholders. Sorry. <laughs> potholders. Yeah, <laughs> potholders. yeah, yeah. yeah. The same thing. Um, they all drowned when the cave flooded after a sudden um, rainfall. Oh. Although the article I read described it as a cloudburst, which is very weird. Yeah. Uh, the English are extremely weird people. <laughs> um, so these caverns had already been seen as a tr- death trap by some of the most experienced cavers of the time. Mm-hmm. And only a few people had actually gone the full cave system. Um, three men had reached the end of the system before the tragedy, but the trip involved moving through neck deep water and it took a total of 10 hours to get through it. Shit. So in 1967, um, this group showed up. So it was David Adamson, Jeff Boyreau, Colin Vickers, Bill Frakes, and Michael Ryan, Hmm. who has two first names, (laughs) um, and two other women with them, one of which was Adamson's girlfriend. Mm. Uh, So they went to go spunking in this cave. Uh, But when they arrived, the two women decided to stay behind with two other guys that had also come on the trip, Mm. uh, Jim Cunningham and John Shepard. So these four explored the most accessible passages near the entrance, uh, but went no further because the two men had reservations about the weather forecast for the evening. And they were right. Um, So they left the cave a few hours later and returned to their hotels. But the other six cavers obviously went ahead with the entire system and were not supposed to exit until midnight. That's how long it was going to take them to get through the entire cave. So later in the evening, the rain started to pick up, which uh, one of the women realized and was like keeping up with the water levels at this cave and realized that the water levels were continuing to rise. And then by 9 p.m., the cave entrance was completely submerged in water. So they started, you know, calling for help. And there was a whole team that was brought in. Um, Cunningham and Shepard returned to the scene. And then cavers from all over the country were summoned for rescue. Um and obviously they were not able to get there in time. Right, Drowning happens very quickly. Yeah. Um, and they discovered all six men wedged in flooded passages inside the cave. So they were trying to like squeeze themselves through yeah. when it flooded. Yeah. Which is a horrible way to die. Yeah. Um, in... So there have been a lot of deaths since then. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them didn't have a whole lot of information, but... Um, you know, 73 deaths since the 1850s. There's a lot in there. That's a lot. Um, one of them was Michael Wood, actually fairly recently in 2017. So he was a 68-year-old who was, like, very experienced with caving. Mm-hmm. And he went to explore a cave called Scales Moor. Um, he was reported missing on December 7th when he failed to collect his repeated prescription for arthritis. Then he had missed it since August. Whoa. Um, an investigator found a reference to the cave on his notice board in his home and then found a backpack outside the cave's entrance, like with his um, ID card in it. Wow. Um, a, his body was eventually found on a climbing rope and was still in his harness. Um, it had been hanging there for several weeks before it was discovered. 
Um, probably since August. Uh, the coroner said that he died of natural causes, um, but it, that it was impossible to confirm because of the state of his body. What I, what does he mean natural causes? <laughs> he just died in his sleep. He just took a hanging nap on a rock, there? and he was like, oh, dead. Okay. <laughs> Just like, uh, I'm going to need you to elaborate on that. Yeah. <laughs> so the most recent one was Harry Hesketh, I think is how you say his name. This happened in 2019. He was 74 years old. What? So, his men are active. Um, he was actually excavating a new cave at Fountains Fell when he fell 20 feet down a pitch and broke his femur. Um, the cave system that he and his two companions have been exploring was not yet mapped and the passages were way too narrow to get medical assistance to reach him. Um, the rescue attempt took 18 hours and 90 volunteers were involved, but he died, unfortunately, before they were able to get him out of the cave. Right. Um, but that's pretty intense. Jesus Christ. Um, so obviously that is another extremely dangerous area. Um, and this, you know, kind of where caving began was in these caverns yeah um it is also the last of our just general locations and i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna tell you one more story today Mm -hmm. and then we're gonna call it which i know today has been mostly background and me ranting yeah I'm sorry, <laughs> but I have one more story, and this one is kind of um, a standout because it does not involve a death, Oh, but it is extremely interesting. Hmm. So this is the story of Jill Heinerth in an iceberg in Antarctica. Oh, wow. Yes. So uh, the only case that does not involve somebody dying, I believe. Um, so Jill Heinerth is a professional cave diver and underwater filmmaker. Hmm. Um, she is the one of the most accomplished cave divers on the planet. Wow. Pretty intense. Um, so in 2001, she captained an expedition to Antarctica to the B-15 iceberg. Um, she said, I, I'm just going to read this quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, people look into caves and they see nothing but darkness, terror, fear, and claustrophobia. You got that right. I look into caves and I want to know what's around the next corner more cave um (laughs) that's that's it it's just cave it was the things that you listed before it's jill it's just a cave yeah i'm sorry sorry it's a cave um (laughs) but anyways so they're going to antarctica to this iceberg um they had already decided to go here and they had been watching it through satellites uh for several years and there was a photo there were like photos of a crack forming in the ross ice shelf oh um, and then it eventually broke off and it became the largest moving objects on our planet. So it broke off from this, like, from the actual, like, mainland Antarctica. Wow. Um, it was an iceberg the size of Jamaica. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so she was, you know, as a underwater, like, photographer, like, filmmaker, worked a lot with National Geographic. So they pitched it to National Geographic. I imagine they like pay for a lot of these yeah. um, and, you know, pitch to go and explore the caves inside the iceberg. And the people at National Geographic were basically like, wow, there's caves in an iceberg. And they were like, yeah, totally. Um, but they actually had no idea if there would be or not. <laughs> That's so funny. To just, like, like, straight yes. up, just straight up lie to them. There's totally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Send me out there. They're like, hey, Jill, um, what do you what do you think we're going to do? Like, if 
there's no caves in there. She's like, we'll cross that bridge when we get to She's it. Like, let's just fine. get there. Let's just go, guys. Let's just go. <laughs> if nothing happens, we can just, like, go to lunch with our time off. <laughs> I do kind of respect that. That is very funny. Yeah. Um, so they arrived and you know they're in antarctica it's insanely cold yeah and their cinematographer who's also a diver uh decided to take a quick one minute dive to like take photos mm-hmm. um and this was the first time he'd ever dove into water this cold right and basically almost died yeah. immediately uh like he almost died of hypothermia after less than a minute in the water mm-hmm. which is how cold it was yeah um which you know, I don't know how familiar most people are with hypothermia, but with cold water, it is extremely easy to die from hypothermia. Mm-hmm. It shuts down your body very quickly. Yeah. Um, so extremely, extremely dangerous. So they took their first dive. I believe it was just Jill and one other guy with her. Um, a lot of people stayed back on the boat. Mm-hmm. So they dropped into the water, which obviously was insanely cold, um, but they now had better equipment. So they were wearing like the wetsuits that could keep them dry underneath, mm-hmm. um, keep them warm, but obviously it's still incredibly treacherous. Right. Um, and then they began to descend down a deep vertical fissure crack or crevasse, which I looked up. Uh, there's a lot of usage of the word crevasse and crevice. Mm. So I wanted to know what the differences was. And a uh, crevasse is basically like a big opening and a crevice is a little, little one. one. <laughs> Don't talk to me or my crevasse ever again. <laughs> crevice is a little one. <laughs> Don't talk to me or my Damn crevice it. ever again. You had a 50-50 chance, you know. Had to take the risk. So they descended about 130 feet underwater until they hit the sea floor. And uh, then they turned to the right, which I was like, I love that. Yeah. It's just like, to turn to the right. Hey. Like, it's just directions uh, to see a passage in the iceberg. Lucky for them. Yeah. <laughs> they found one. Uh, she said, I realized we had found it, that we were in an environment that nobody had ever seen before. Uh. It's ice. <laughs> It was ice. I've got some in my freezer. Okay. Like, you were in an ice hole. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody's ever seen this ice, though. (laughs) I've seen Frozen, all right? I don't need to know. (laughs) Elsa has taught me everything I need to know about ice. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, they were swimming through, you know, this passage in the iceberg, and they described the iceberg of having its own soundtrack. So there were like cracks, pops, and groans from the ice because it was constantly moving and changing, yeah. um, almost like a living being. Mm-hmm. And at one point while they were down there, they heard this ex- like very deep groaning vibration sound. And they described it as being so loud that they could feel it all the way through their toes. Unfazed, they just checked their equipment and everything was fine. And so they just kept going into this cave after um, what, uh, a sound that would make me poop myself. If <laughs> I'm I like, it. if a house like settles too hard, I'm ready to leave. And you're- Imagine like being in a cave and it's like, and you're like, it's fine. You're like, she's just hungry. I would be like, we're about to be eaten by like the scariest monster ever. And it's been frozen in Antarctica for like millions of years. And it is a hungry as hell. And it is about to chomp on down on us. Yeah. They're like, ooh, snack. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to be bored, guys. 
Um, so they headed further into the cave and then eventually decided to turn around and work their way back slowly to the entrance. But when they got back to the entrance of the cave, there were giant pieces of ice blocking the exit that had fallen in to block the doorway. Um, it was completely gone. So they spent several hours, um, looking around in the area to find an exit and eventually did mm. lucky for them. Yeah. I can't even imagine having to do that. Yeah. Um, and when they got back to the boat, the men who had waited behind when they could see them like out of the water, were all like clapping and cheering. Um, and they said that they had seen the big chunk of ice fall and close the doorway <laughs> like from the outside. And it had sent a huge wave that almost capsized the boat they were on. Oh my God. Which by the way is called the Zodiac, which is a pretty cool name. Um, cool. <laughs> and then they just had to wait to find out if the divers were still alive. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. So that was the first time they dove. <laughs> they went back? For the second time, which, oh my God. <laughs> so the next day they went back um, and they found another entrance, which they said looked stable. It's, what do you, what do I you don't, know about yeah. stable ice entrances? So they went in to basically take photographs, which we will post some of these on our Instagram. They are pretty cool, like very pretty. At least it's not pitch black. I will say this looks a lot cooler. Cool. It would make a great ride at Disneyland. Um, So while down there, the current in the water started to pick up and it was moving in through the cave. Um, And eventually they were having to dig their hands into the sea floor to stop themselves from rushing forward. And when they tried to turn back towards the exit, they couldn't kick hard enough to move forward. So they were literally being sucked inside the iceberg. Oh my God. They thought they saw a blue light in the other direction. So they decided to risk it and just let the current take them and hoped for an exit. Um, They got insanely lucky because obviously they did find an exit, but yeah. I mean, it took them a long time with the light not getting any bigger <laughs> of just floating through this cave. Um, when they finally surfaced, however, they were surrounded by ice that was higher than they could see over. They could not even see the ship that they were on. Oh my God. Um, but again, they got extremely lucky <laughs> because the boat was also affected by this like strong current. And so they were trying to take up their anchor and then reset it. Uh, which caused the the boat to move around. Mm. And um, Jill caught a glimpse of the stern swinging around the edge of the vertical side of the iceberg and yelled out. And one of the guys heard her. And so they were able to, you know, get all of them out of this, like, hole in an iceberg. Yeah. (laughs) Extremely lucky. Um, And then... (laughs) Don't tell me they dive again. Don't. Don't you fucking dare. (laughs) The third dive... (laughs) God, oh my damn it, Jill! You need it all. Um, <laughs> you cheated it, death Jill. too many times today. <laughs> it's like Jill. This iceberg is like giving you a fucking warning, babe. Yeah. Um, so they went back in to the ice again, oh and the moment they moved inside, the current rapidly picked up. So it wasn't that strong when they got there, and then it started to pick up again. Um, like it was alive, which is crazy. Um, she immediately signaled to the others and indicated that it was time to go. But of course they were not able to get out through the current. So um, they ended up having to like crawl out of the cave, like the sides of the cave and then dig their fingers into small holes to get a grip and then drag their way up to the surface, which was 130 feet. 
Oh, Lord, have mercy. Um, so they got out, and she said, Mother Nature has given us a last warning. Yes. Yes. It did. It did. It, that, it gave you a lot of warnings. Like, way too many warnings. <laughs> she was being so generous. I'm like, it's time to go. Um, however. <laughs> Don't. You're lying. They were like, listen, that was bad. We should do it one more time. <laughs> Jill, it's really, really hard for me to girl support girls here right now. <laughs> Truly. Um, so they were like, yeah, let's do it again. So they, you know, went back into the, the ship. I couldn't tell if this was the next day or not, but, you know, they were getting ready. And while they were, like, really preparing and building up their energy, they were eating inside. They heard screams out on deck, and they ran out and saw that the cave that they were inside of was breaking into pieces and, like, heaving into the sea, sending giant waves towards them. <laughs> so, basically, if they had been in the water at all, not just in the cave, but in the water, they'd be dead. Yeah, they'd be dead. Um, Jill is very lucky to be alive. Like, <gasps> almost embarrassingly lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Did she continue, da- like, cave diving after this? Or- Jill is going to make a comeback in our series. We are going to hear from Jill again. Oh, God. Um, not today, though. Yeah. As this is our last story. Right. This is our introduction. Yeah. Uh, next time, I believe we'll have two more episodes. Okay. I think. Sounds good. We will get into more of these stories and unpack some very tragic uh, deaths. Ooh. So... Hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah. If you are a spelunker, I would say I'm smart, like sorry, but I'm not. Yeah, just stop doing it. Um, it's really easy to change hobbies. I listen. There are so many dangerous, dumb hobbies you can have. Yeah, you can give yourself tattoos. That's dumb, risky. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that. That's a good one. You can even just go scuba diving. Yes. That's a good one. It's totally. It's still pretty dangerous. It is very, very much so. You can um, do that thing where people like swim with sharks. Yeah. Also very dangerous. That's pretty scary. Yeah. I don't know. Just like do anything else. Yeah. I I Not just this. feel like it's been pretty clearly established by nature that humans were not meant to go into caves. Yeah. Like we did not evolve to be into caves. No. <laughs> so. Scurry. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of this series. Uh, I promise we are not being cagey or secretive about the rest of, you know, this series or, you know, how long it's going to be or the future series. It's just things change really rapidly yes. around here. And we, we have no idea how long any episode is going to take. No idea. Or how far into this giant outline we are going to get. <laughs> yeah. No, no fucking clue. Oh, we'll see you Monday, hopefully. Yes. For Armchair Bimbos. We missed it mo- this past Monday. Yes, I as we were deathly the, ill. The word Monday. <laughs> you know, we missed it. You know. Um, uh, yeah, because we, like, couldn't talk or, um, We are know. still a little sick, which I don't know if any of you guys can notice that, but we do not sound ideal. Yeah. And then after this series, it is really open for grabs, um, which we mentioned this last time, but we are starting a thing on our Patreon so people can vote for the next thing that we cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can vote for one of our established ones, write in your own. Um, if you want to do that, you just have to have the $1 tier. Yep. So if you feel like we deserve a dollar, go check it out. That'd be so great. Um, and we'll see you guys later. 
All right. Bye. Bye. The Podcast Rejects is a Gamer Frauds Network production. Find us on Instagram at The Podcast Rejects. For early access to all Gamer Frauds Network content and a ton of exclusive perks, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamerfrauds. Thank <laughs> you.